Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Growing With Fishes podcast. Um, I'm Steve. <laughs> Good answer. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, today we have... <laughs> so that was like the funniest yeah, time entry <laughs> intro to the show we've ever had. Um, Here, man, I just fucked it up too. No, Leave no, it it's me. all good. It's all good. You just um, made it better than it's ever been, man. Right? It's like almost right, as good man. as Marty. Like the first five or ten episodes, every time <laughs> I had to start by Marty, it would start with like Marty's bong bubbling. It was funny. <laughs> Yeah. So hey, I'm not used to video, man. Why don't we all show off what we're smoking, man? I'd like to see what you guys are smoking. My uh, my camera's busted, but they can. Right. Come on, Marty. What you got, man? I see you with the Sherlock over there. What's up? Can you grab me uh the bag, the smaller plastic bag that I have over here? there? You know what? I got some of dude's weed right here. I've got some dude grows sueño. Dude grows grown sueño. Wow, there's a lot of English going on in that one. Now here's some uh, Starfighter OG. All right, looks like hard nug, man. Yeah. Good, I got. I'm down to the bottom of the bag here. He does do a beautiful job, man. Oh yeah, that's nice. Right? Is that some of his? Is that some of his ISS or which? Which is that? Sueño. That is oh, a, Sueño. something called Sueño. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I think anyway. That one, yeah. And I got a got, got a couple days until I uh, start smoking again because I'm just starting up a new job. I'll know for sure if I'm getting tested on Monday. But I got a little uh, of money Afghanimal right here from in-house genetics. I'm just waiting to get going with. Yeah. Oh yeah, that looks fucking stinky. I did it. Oh uh, yeah, <laughs> this is fantastic. Wow. Beautiful. Yeah. Can't wait to get on this. <laughs> um, so we do the uh, Growing with Fishes podcast every week. Um, we manually on uh, aquaponic and cannabis topics. Um, this week we have um, Scotty Real and uh, Fish Ganja Guy. Although I think Fish Ganja Guy is going to be a, more of a regular uh, regular thing, like Marty and I going forward. Oh hi, um, Scotty's going to Scotty. Yeah, for those of you guys that don't know, um, Scotty is uh, from uh, the owner of Recharge, and uh, he also runs the uh, Dude Grows show over there at uh, Dude Grows. So if you guys haven't checked it out, definitely go check it out. They have, I think you guys have the largest or longest podcast in terms of number of episodes and hours of anybody now, I think, if memory serves me right, which is really awesome. I remember back when you guys got started, uh, back when I started right. in Colorado. It was awesome all those uh, years ago. <laughs> Not just that, but the consistency that, too, as far as their releases compared to everybody yeah. else. That's what really <laughs> oh, yeah, brings man. people back. Yeah, they're not it's a lot of like fun doing this stuff, week. man, and learning all this stuff. So why not do it every day? Yeah, they're not assholes like us who skip weeks. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? Though, come on, it's getting hard. It's hard to be consistent. <laughs> so you guys have a, a big cup coming up. Do you want to talk about that and tell us a little bit about what's been going on at Dugros? You guys have revamped your website. You guys have all kinds of cool stuff going on over there. 
Yeah, man. I mean, I don't want to hog the podcast, but we are doing a cool event. I think we, we sh- we're we going to cap it at 50 strains. And uh, yeah, we're, I just want to taste everybody's everybody's weed, everybody's cannabis. Yeah, right there. I think I'll be tasting uh, Fish Ganja Guy's cannabis, man. Maybe that bud right there. But the idea is we all talk about this. It's It really is an art. You know, it's definitely some science, but there's definitely a lot of art in it. And your personality absolutely comes through in, in these, uh, you know, in these plants. And uh, I don't know, it's just a real joy to just check out how everybody's doing it. And uh, yeah, in a smokable form. <laughs> yeah. But that is uh, 415, April 15th. It's the Saturday night before uh, 420. And we're going to be hanging out at Cultivated Synergy in Denver, uh, smoking a ton. We're going to be judging. Shit, if you guys got time, I'd like to run the judging by it. We'll bullshit about it. Because, man, how do you judge 50 strains in one night, right? You can't. And then are you only doing – are you guys limited to just flour? Are you guys also doing concentrates? Do you have different categories? What is I your, can ignore uh, it this year, man. I think 2017 is the is year that we stop ignoring concentrates. Mm-hmm. I mean, don't you think? There's just too much. Am- yeah. I had my so first low temperature now. temperature rosin dab recently from a guy named Dax from Dax Tractors. It was just one of those, you know, you know, whatever, however many tons of squeezing to get the resin out or the rosin out, I guess. And it is freaking amazing. When it's done right, it is like... I don't know. It's a it's a joy. I'd say it's a work of art, but yeah. But do you think that uh, doing all the rosin uh, or the dabs and concentrates might sideline some of the judges because of the potency? <laughs> Will there be couches available for recovery time? Thinking about that. <laughs> you guys ever been to Amsterdam where they've got that big chair yes. in front of the coffee shop? And you always wonder what it's for. And then every now and again, you'll see some dude like kind of passed out in the big chair. Yeah. Last time I was in Amsterdam was well, 13 years ago. So I think things have changed since the last time I went. Well, do you guys remember? I know Scotty probably remembers the back before they started cracking down on the cannabis cups in Denver. The last big one they had, remember, it was down in um, uh, southern Denver and they had the two big buildings where the thing was in and there was this alleyway in between with all these couches and there was all these out of state people that were just blacked out in that alleyway. It was the funniest thing. It was just all these blacked out zombies because there was all these people that were like, yeah, no, I can do all these dabs and all this stuff. No, you can't. You're not from Colorado. The first cannabis cup, my friend did his first dab and he's a big boy, man. You know, probably 240, really stocky. And he got the whole wobbly knees thing and kind of, you know, we had to grab him. And I don't know, I'm not, it was not easy to grab a 240 pound guy and keep him up. But yeah, (laughs) immediately, man, like a wobbly knee kind of deal. Yep. As long as uh, I don't out here, there's a they have these events called smoke sessions in California, and there's a vendor out here that you know uh, you know how a lot of the different uh, events back uh, festivals and stuff they have those giant turkey legs, the like the Viking <laughs> yes. style turkey legs. Well, this guy does a weed infused Viking turkey leg. It's freaking awesome! Wow, man! <laughs> Could it get any better? Right? I mean, my whole life, man. <laughs> It's like he answered like two birthday wishes in one. Right. 
So do you want to talk a little bit also about um, what's going on at Real Growers and give people who don't know a little bit uh, about – talk a little I bit about hog recharge. I and... up, man. I don't, do you guys talk no. about whatever you want to talk about, and I'm going to try to fit it in, man. That's how I do, man. Well, we, we'd love no, to get your yeah. insight on some of that stuff. And, you know, well, uh, trying to fit it in is a good rule of life, but I can get all of that. Hey, man, are you guys into that – I'm a microbe guy. If people don't know, I'm really trying to learn about microbes. And that's why I love being friends with the fish people because they won't pull no punches. If your microbes are shit, it, it won't work. You know what I mean? So they'll be the first to tell you. So that, that's why I like uh, getting, getting the real feedback from, uh, from aquaponics folks. But, but uh, yeah, I'm a real big microbe guy. I have a product called Recharge and uh, just try to learn as much as I can about soil microbes uh, along with these guys. So it's, it's pretty fun. Um, man, hey, have you guys into that like hidden half of nature? Have, have you guys gotten that book, the David Montgomery book? Have you, you guys into that guy at all? Uh, I haven't gotten I haven't that one. No. I have the um, what is it? Uh, teaming with microbes and teaming with yeah. I'm uh, I'm tripping on all that information. I'm starting to really freak out. Like in that teaming with microbes book, he talks about going to the Epcot Center and seeing all this fancy hydroponic shit back in the '90s. Yeah. And looking yeah. at these sad ass plants, man, that were just like getting like a fraction of what they needed. You know, it looked like malnourished, you know, kids or something. And uh, I've just been really tripping on that point lately, man. I'm sure you guys are into it sure. with, uh, you know, because aquaponics is a, a, a nutrient dense program. But yeah. I'm really into trying to load up as many, much nutrition into my soil and into my food and into my, into my cannabis as I can. I think that's got to be where the terpenes and flavors come from. Yeah. Hey, uh, Steve, I'm trying to get JR on the. Uh podcast right now says the link's not working but did you get that What's message i sent you yesterday scotty i don't know no it's just a i don't know that i was thinking about <laughs> it was uh why is it we pay uh more money for food that has less chemicals and less money for food that has more chemicals hang on i'm gonna try to wrap my around i should probably smoke while i think about that so why would we pay yeah. more do it again do it again man more money for food with less chemicals and less money for food with more chemicals. Yeah, basically, why, are, why are they, you know, well, they have so to pay for that to put it on there. So why does it cost less to have it more? Like, why does it cost more for them to do nothing to it? So I think it's kind of what you're trying to say, right? I don't know if Fish Gonjo is clarifying something with me. You know, I'm, I'm just saying, I guess if you'd have to be really thoughtful about half you planted stuff, like when Steve showed me uh, his, uh, the aquaponic system where it's the deck over the, the, basically the pond, I guess. And then the greenhouse over that, you think about like how thoughtful of a system that is and how space efficient of a, of a system that is, you know, uh, it's things like that, that, that I think, I think they're calling them like the new agriculture is what they're calling it because the old way just isn't, uh, I don't, I don't use the word symbiotic and so I feel like we should all smoke if I say symbiosis, but, uh, it's not symbiotic <laughs> with, with, you know, with, with the That's soil. It's the soil. Yeah. Right. And so without the micro presence and, you know, the, you know, whether you're doing aquaponics or you're doing, uh, you know, soil-based stuff, you know, without the microbes, you're, you're like completely relying upon humans to control everything. And we kind of suck at it. So 
Well, not only that, so the, you need those mycorrhizal networks and those those bacterial networks to input the plant, Holy you shit. know, the nutrients into the plant. You know, without that, you don't, it, it almost works. The analogy I love to use when I teach classes is it's like a restaurant, okay? You know, any Joe Schmo can run like a hot dog cart, but he can only really do like one person at a time that way, and it's very inefficient. <laughs> but if he's like a five-star restaurant and he's got chefs, sous chefs, you know, uh, food preps, um, you know, waiters, waitresses, bussers, um, you know, uh, a, a hostess, you know, all those other components that aren't the customers or the chefs, you know, are your microbes and all those different functions, you know, the, the customers, the plants, the, the chefs or the nutrients, and you, you need all those other components to properly serve, you know, a well-balanced large group of, of people or plants or, you know, organisms so or any, whatever but what if you have a food truck? Naturally, it's like that. Naturally, you're supposed to be loaded with microbes, man. They're supposed to be all oh, over yeah. you. That's why I almost shudder now. I see like I was in Panera Bread, which I probably won't go to anymore. I think <laughs> there's a bunch of things wrong with that place, man. But I was there, and there was just first off, they had a big sign that said, we serve clean food. Huh, that's pretty interesting, you know, because <laughs> I don't know if I want my food stuff, you know, like, to want yeah. Hey, there's they are man. Hey, what's up, guys? What's up, big what's guy? up, Jay? How are you doing? Doing good. Awesome. About Panera bread. They say they serve clean food there, and then when you walk out, they got antibacterial soap for you to fucking wash your hands with, man. Well, how, <laughs> how reassuring is it? Is it is like is it an alternative to not clean food? I don't know, but I feel <laughs> That's pretty. That's what I'm wondering. It just makes me think about that. This food gets around. When did Possibly that become a marketing, like a marketing point, you know? Clean food. Yeah, that's it sounds like, like that's a goal. <laughs> like, yeah, I don't know. That's kind of. I sad. can try to turn this bitch around and see my no-till bed. My no-till bed is going fucking nuts. I don't know what to do with it, man. Sure. Do you want to talk about, I'm gonna talk about that a little bit? Do you want to talk a little bit about no-till for those that don't know about oh, it? Yeah. We haven't really had that's anyone it. mention it or talk about it much. Give me a sec. I'm gonna see if I can turn this biatch around and uh, get a little bit of better view. It's kind of lame with the green screen. Sure. Hey, Scotty. Question yes, for sir. you. Real quick. Um, since you're getting into no-till and you've got us uh, fish farmers right here, um, since we garden without actually tilling soil, are we technically no-till gardeners? Man, I'm no. moving around. I tell you what. Let me stew on that for a little bit, man. Man, you got the thinking questions, homie. <laughs> Hey, my question for you, Scotty, are you noticing that the way you water, how often you water is different? Uh, I am hempy. I'm, I'm totally hempy. I'm believing in oh, this. Yeah, that's I'm going right, to try to show right. you guys around. I'm going to fire up. The, give me like a minute, man. I'm going to no bail worries. out for a second. I'm going to fire the 630 up. I'm going to move some shit out of the way. Whoa. and I'm going to show because I do have some weird shit going and I do have a little space for an aquaponics. I want to show you guys a little hundred gallon reservoir I got for aquaponics. I'm thinking it over, man. That's why. Very that's cool. why I'm buddying up to you guys, man. I think. Uh, I think after you smoke some of uh, uh, fish ganja guys stuff, you'll you'll like it. The the finish on it is just oh so good. Got a feeling. I got a feel. All right, hang loose, guys. Give me a second. Yep. So welcome, Jr. You haven't had a chance to to talk or uh, talk to you much. We'll we'll. Uh, switch gears for a second while he's getting straightened out. Do you want to tell us a little bit about, about what you do and um, you know uh, your involvement with both DGC and what you know, kind of how you got into cannabis? 
Sure. Um, I've uh, been into cannabis uh, since I was in high school back in the 80s. And um, I uh, started cultivating my my first plant I ever grew was my soft, no, my my junior year of high school, the sophomore, summer, junior year. And uh, I planted my first uh, plant back then and uh, fell in love with the idea of growing. And uh, one of my best friends, his dad was an indoor grower and uh, his weed was outstanding. I mean, it, I was fortunate enough that uh, when I grew up, I was at the age to where the commercial bud wasn't really popular. If you didn't have killer green bud, then you, your shit wasn't even out there. And so I was lucky enough to grow up during that era of indoor, which, you know, in our country is pretty rare for that time back then. And uh, so watching him, you know, I went into his room when the lights were out and he whole plant hung everything and bucked all his families off. And it, I, I opened the door and it looked like a silver thaw. It was just some of the most beautiful weed I've ever seen. And uh, ever since then, I've had the desire to grow cannabis. And uh, when I uh, lost, I'm a below the knee amputee. When I lost my leg, uh, it changed for me. It wasn't just this uh, recreational thing that I did once in a while to get high. Uh, it became a medicine to me. So that totally changed my whole approach in uh, the way that I uh, uh, viewed cannabis and uh now, um, I'm really excited to start looking at some alternatives to uh, the bottle and, and uh, you know, this uh, soil situation that I'm in all the time. Because as a below-the-knee amputee, it would be a lot easier for me to drain water, say, than to and fill up water than it would be to carry in bags and bags of soil. Uh, but on the other side of that, I, I'm the kind of guy who has to see it work for others before I'm going to throw away, you know, what I'm doing and jump on, you know what I mean, all in. That's one of the reasons I was telling you before that I wanted to try and get you into. I'm curious about aquaponics. And I, I would definitely do it a little because you don't have to deal with those huge bags of soil anymore. You just have to yeah. deposit hydrogen for you once and you're good. Yeah, I mean, that seems attractive to me, that part of it. Um, yeah, I do. Cool. I wonder how you can uh, regulate and spoon feed certain nutrients at certain times when you're dealing with fish, though. That was my biggest question. That's, uh, Go ahead, Steve. That's why we, we use a method called dual root zone planting, which allows us a, a shallow soil layer in the top, you know, 50 to 40 to 50 percent. Um, that allows us to have, you know, the upper part of the root zone can have a little bit of, you know, kind of like a spongier area that allows for terrestrial microbes, um, mycelium, you know, your fungi that right. don't wet all the time. And then you can also, you know, add <clears throat> concentrated nutrients to that and the plant will happily uptake it. Um, you guys see that? It's the same. Uh, I do. It looks beautiful. So I just transplanted this one. So it just got put in here. But uh, that's basically what he's talking about. So in, inside of this pot right here, there's still media filled up to here. So the soil doesn't start till above this. So it doesn't ever get wet. And the roots grow down through. And if you want to top dress something, 
then you can feed it into the top and it doesn't get all the way down into the system. Wild, wild. That's amazing. And so setup wise, how you're how often you know are you rechanging all your hydrogen and all that kind of stuff? So you can reuse the hydrogen and pretty much indefinitely. Um, you basically, yeah, it what? Yeah, it'll break down over time. The biggest thing that breaks it up is freezing it. But the best way to, you know, what I do is I have like a diamond graded um, piece of metal with a little frame around it. And I just take it. What I do is once I harvest the plants, I let them sit out and dry out for like two weeks. And then the soil layer all, you know, dries out completely. And then I can basically just pull those, that soil layer right off the top you know between the burlap at the bottom and the and the soil on top i can pull that soil layer right off then i just dump the media into that diamond graded um you know me metal mesh and then the soil falls through the balls stay behind you know i can kind of run my hand over it a couple of times and right then, right and yeah. then rinse yeah. it and give it a quick rinse and then reuse it again i'd say most every uh like year or two what i'll do is uh just for any excess fish waste that's accumulated in the hydrogen area that made it through my filters, I'll create yeah. like a spear and um, I'll just flood the bed up, um, have the outlet aiming away from the return in the fish tank, but to a, like a waste bucket. And I'll just blast everything off the bottom with that air spear. And um, it's super, super easy to make. And that'll just give brand new life back to your system after you empty all that gunk out. And that's only, like if you have a lot of waste going into it like every two years or so. But um, Steve, just out of curiosity, when you say you're between rows and you can lift that burlap up, I've noticed my burlap seems to uh, disintegrate by the end of the grow. It's yeah, kind of it becomes kind of thin. Oil. Yeah, I, I buy the U-line. You can get it through U-line. You can get a 12-foot wide roll, and I use them in the five-gallon buckets, and it work, or five-gallon pots, and it works great. Um, the lap. I usually just go with the stuff over at the nursery. Maybe that's where I'm screwing up. Yeah, I've managed to reuse this stuff two or three times before. It, some, sometimes it, certain strains are more aggressive roots than others. It just depends on. But you wouldn't recommend using any like that uh, shade cloth or anything like that. No, because it's too roots can't penetrate it easy enough. Yeah, I didn't think so. it binds up yeah, and causes problems. So this Mark is what I use. right there. What's that? It's um, it's kind of like a shade cloth, but it's not. Um, it's designed to go like underneath garden beds to keep out moles. Oh, I know which one you're talking about, and it looks like Scotty uh, jumped in there too. Yeah, so man. I, well, so I'm looking at that stuff. They make all that stuff. Like I one time ordered that for uh, my farm, and I was surprised they fucking make it right there. They got like a weaving machine in the back. I wonder if they'd make you something to order. You know. Yeah, the important yeah. part of the 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 barrier is that it prevents the soil from falling through because then it'll work like a wicking bed, uh, which sometimes can cause issues. Um, I know when we tested wicking beds at various depths in aquaponics, um, we had a, a root rot issues right at the end. Um, for whatever reason, the, the roots were just staying too wet or not getting enough. You know, when the plant's shutting down near the end, um, it kind of shuts off some of the circulation. Yeah. So we had a we had some issues with that. So I haven't had a successful wicking bed run. The plants kick ass though, up until maybe about three to four weeks before harvest, and then the whole thing droops. It sucks. The tell me that would have been was before I made two wicking beds. 
Well, no, hempy buckets, you seem to be having good luck with them. <laughs> I'm just telling you about – and here's the other one was that when we did that, it was with the um, uh, smart pots, um, not plastic line pots. With plastic okay. line, you're going to get a – when the if you're doing any amount of flood and drain or if you're – do the pumps kick on and circulate and then shut back off or – Sure. Sure. Is that how it works? On mine, you're asking me? Yes. No, or mine's completely passive. Oh, so it's so. just no no circulation at all? Yep. So it's more like a yep. sip. It like is a complete sip, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. It's right over there. I opened the thing so you can see it. It's just that big plastic. It's a half of a plastic tank, like yeah, a 300-gallon plastic tank. Last time I saw him. It looks super dense. Crazy. You know, this, it would be a good lesson in how to take something that's growing into the lights and chill it the fuck out, though. I can definitely take those and chill them out with some little creative pruning. I'm not pruning, rather, uh, uh, staking, rather. Yeah, yeah I was going to say, there's you a lot there, brother. Things that blew my mind. I saw you do like a full like hula hoop loop with one of your branches, tying that shit off. Yeah, man. It makes little Christmas trees that go up them if they're, you know, if they're doing well. Little strong enough. A little bondage for your ladies, as I like to say. <laughs> I like that, man. <laughs> I have a I have a whole video on on before and after on that stuff and that's what I had it titled was uh, aquaponic cannabis bondage. Nice. Yeah, isn't there anything nothing sadder than going into your buddy's house? He's all excited. He's like, "You got to see my plants. They're growing awesome. They're huge." And they're like 6 foot into the lights. Single yeah. stalk. <laughs> do you want to talk show talk yeah, three nodes total? Do you want to tell us about your grow there since you got the, the thing open? You want to point, tell us and show us around a little? Uh, yeah, man. Let me see if I got a little. Uh, can you guys? Uh, you know what? I don't have uh, too much ear space, man. <laughs> man, every time <laughs> Almost. Vape, I keep thinking you're putting a drill motor to your face. <laughs> What's that? Every time you use that vaporizer, I keep thinking you're putting a drill motor to your face. It's weird. It's like the black and Decker colors, right? Right. It looks like a, <laughs> some kind of weird caulking gun or something. <laughs> Man, I don't know what the hell you guys can see or not. Man, let me try to take I a look. I can see and a see, bright uh, white light. Yeah, I see, see the white see room. We got about three or four feet on the left of the, uh, the yellowish room. Man. I tell you what, I'm going to take the earpiece out. I'll give you a tour, I guess, man. Let me see what I can do if I can click this and get there. We go a little bit better of a spot here. All right, I can see a little better. Pull this out of the way. Right there is the no till bed, man. It's just a um, a 300 gallon tank that's been just sawed laterally, I guess you would say, been sawed in half. Yeah. Um, I think I got five plants in there. And they're, Perfect. they're pretty beastie. Yeah, I've been trimming them. I, I don't know if you guys can see. I've been having fun. Yeah, I don't have it on. The one is a 600-watt HPS uh, that's lit up. And then the on the other side is a grow mouse light. Uh, man, I wish I could show you guys. But actually, he made it for me. He made the plate for me. And it says uh, uh, Real DGC8. and has the grow mouse symbol on it. It's fucking bad as shit, man. That is tight. I didn't even know if this stuff would work. I just took a bunch, like basically a bunch of minerals and, and not really a bunch of minerals. Actually, I took some minerals, meaning like rock dust and stuff like that. And then I took a bunch of nutrients <clears throat> like um, I did stuff like crab and crustacean meal and stuff that because I know that stuff that the recharge and the microbes and the trichoderma love to eat and um, 
trying to think what else. I know I put some oyster shells in there. Um, and I used a lot of that. What is it called? Bio Live, I want to say. It's like uh, there's neem in it. Shit, I'm trying to yeah, think. Bio there's, Live uh, down to Earth. Is that what you're talking about? Yeah, I don't think it's down. It, yeah, it is down to earth, isn't it? Yeah, the box of stuff, right? Yeah, yeah, that stuff is awesome. BioLive, it's like a, it's like your go-to five-five-five mix. So it, yeah, that's what I was hoping. I'd get some nutrient out of it. You do, yeah. You got nutrient and microbes. It's a great mix. It's nice, awesome. yeah. So I put a big bunch of that in there, man. And uh, I had a really bunch. It's been about six weeks, I want to say. And I love the way those plants look. I can forget. I, oh, and I hooked it up to a hempy bucket. I actually have a drain down there. You know, you know these things come with a drain for, you know, because it's a tank. And I right. just hooked up a, a hose fitting to it, basically, or a fitting to go to like a half inch, <clears throat> half inch piece of tubing. And it just goes to like a 10 gallon. It goes to a float valve and then a 10 gallon uh, tank. It's been working awesome. The soil's moist. Um, the plants love it and are growing like crazy. And uh, I did. I planted some comfrey and some aloe in there. Shout out to Minnesota Nice for the inspiration. And uh, yeah, they're just. I don't know. I haven't flipped a switch on it because I didn't have a, a veg. <laughs> you know, I'm used to having big grows, and I just moved into this place. And so I don't have a veg, man. So anyway, that's what this turned out to be. This place right here started out by being my veg, but I just didn't want to do a boring veg, man. So I extended it and made this a uh, a no-till bed. Nice. To have some circulation, actually. It actually does. Under I kind of use like the Everglades as my inspiration for this one. And I got like the whole underground river thing going. And it goes from one nice. side to the other and then goes up into, I don't know if you can see it. I'll have to show you a little, a little bit later. But uh, there's like a three-gallon bucket that picks up the water on the other side. And then I'm hoping I'll probably end up firming. I want to see if I can grow out of these uh, out of these uh, containers right here. These are actually garbage cans that are you know, filled up with cocoa core. You see the one over there is filled mm -hmm. up with cocoa core. I want to see how far it'll wick up with the hemp system it'd be cool if it wicked all the way up three foot no it'll 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 wick up about two oh, yeah. and a half feet two and a half feet is about as much as it'll go yeah and you see i got the holes poked in there i figured maybe i'd put some hot peppers in there or something i was thinking something the cannabis uh that that bugs hate rather i don't think bugs the really bugs like hate? hot peppers very um, much you know? I like sage. You do. Mar marigold, okay sage um rosemary, yeah help, help me out man all those are or bug repellents. Peppermint. I know garlic. garlic. Pepper, well, peppermint will attract spider mites. Will uh, really? Lemongrass, I think. Because I know like lemongrass the oil over in the kapow. They use it because lemongrass. Yeah, lemongrass. But lemongrass is a highlight plant. It wouldn't do well under a canopy. The rosemary and the marigolds would do just fine with crappy lighting. Sage nice. is yeah. Sage would also do well, too. Yeah, I'm thinking stuff I would hey, Scotty, use. Also, you know, the, if you're a... Uh, if you're into um, microbial like um, inoculates and stuff like that, check out some of the stuff they have at Terragenics. So this is uh, it's EM1. Um, oh, oh gosh, I heard of that, man. So check that out. Different. They have a lot of different stuff over there, and I use that in just about everything from supplementing my uh, my bed. So you can see I have a down here. This is a sips that I feed with tank water. So it's pretty similar to what you have running on a you know on a smaller scale. So the water okay, cool man. Always sits in the bottom there, and I, I picked up this plant from a buddy. It was looking a little sickly, and I drilled extra holes in the bottom and just sunk it down in the sip. 
and uh, spread a bunch of that Bokashi bran out on the bottom. And it's only been like three days or so, and it's already up to the net and going crazy. Yeah. And so, all this stuff will stay moist as long as you keep water in the bottom. So, um, you know, figure out a way to fill it from the bottom, and you'll probably do a lot better with your wicking beds. What oh, yeah, they're definitely filling from the bottoms. Definitely. Right. Yeah, I learned that lesson a while. If you never mess with the top, you never get fungus gnats, and it just becomes like almost self-sustaining. It's really neat. Do you want yeah. to tell people, uh, for those that aren't aware, what you mean when you talk, say hempy bucket? Yeah, man, a hempy bucket or, a, uh, you know, what Marty's calling them is a sip bucket, but it's, what does a sip stand for again, man? Sub-irrigated planter. It's like a wicking bed, right? Yeah, sub-irrigated planter. Yeah. So basically, just... sub-irrigated means that water's coming up up from the bottom. So you're, you're either relying on or, something, right? or, or evaporative wicking. It's kind of the kind of what you're relying on for those. It's good for real hot environments because there's no water exposed to evaporate. It's all right where the root zone is, and you don't get yeah, as much water. Yeah, I just off. find it so great for no fungus gnats. Yeah, <laughs> fungus well, gnats. Fungus, you know? fungus gnats are easy if you put a deep dry layer. So if you have a lot of fungus gnats, go get some hydrogen media and throw it on top of your pots or on top of your grow media and make it you know a good half quarter to half inch deep or even you can use newspaper, you can use uh, perlite, literally anything, any inert substance that you can pour on top uh, or put and, and just act You're as right. a barrier. Exactly. So, and that also helps yeah. for thrips as well. I personally well, we find the best prevention the other, for fungus gnats is not buying roots organics. Well, hands down <laughs> hands down the best way to get rid of them though and any kind of root insect or any kind of soil borne insect is beneficial nematodes um nothing yeah, works right. better as like a nuclear bomb to set off in your room than beneficial nematodes if you ever get root aphids i used to be terrified i used to you know have to throw everything out and ever since i started using the beneficial nematodes i can i, I can have a plant that's pretty far infested we had it in the showroom when i worked at the aquaponics source we had real bad um uh uh, root aphids that infested the whole showroom, and we used what? Uh, Is yeah. that why you moved? <laughs> <laughs> um, Not exactly. <laughs> and uh, no we ended up, I ended up being able to eradicate, right? <laughs> and after about a week and a half, two weeks, uh, we put um, of us putting a bag of nematodes in every single grow bed. Um, we managed to completely eradicate them. The, the nematodes had replicated and infected all the root aphids and all the eggs and all the nymphs and and, and wiped them all out. Dude, I'm glad I showed up just for that, man. You're telling me we have a cure for root aphids? Dude, any kind of root mites, dude. I'm so not even afraid of them anymore. It, 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 so better, for those that don't know, beneficial nematodes are a little tiny parasite. They attack over 250 different species of uh, insects. Um, they're great for fleas. If you have a cat or dog, you get fleas in the yard. You can sprinkle it around the yard. It'll kill any of them that laid eggs or the adults that are still lurking around your house. You can put it in the carpet. Um, and it'll, you know, keep your house clean if you have a flea or, you know, bed bugs, you can also use them for, but in, in the garden, they work really good. You put them in the soil and they also will work really well in, um, hydrogen, like flood and drain beds, as long as they're getting good gas exchange, they can live aquatically. Most of them anyway. 
and they huh. will completely annihilate any root bug or root aphid issue you have. You just introduce, it comes in a bag on like a granular, almost like an oatmeal type stuff, and you sprinkle right. a little bit in each of your, your pots and you water it in, and it'll introduce them to the root zone, and they'll basically go in, they'll infect the eggs, the nymphs, and the adults, so they get them at all life stages because they're a parasite, and they'll they'll kill them, and they'll keep replicating, you know, so if you, the worse your outbreak is, the the you know, the faster they work once they start breeding um, because they have a high food source. Um, them and beneficial wasps are, are extremely efficient um, once, you know, one, if you have a bigger outbreak, especially in larger grows like large commercial grows or greenhouses. And you think it matters where you get your bugs from? It does because I, I've tried nematodes that I got from my shop and I don't really have a microscope to check them out to make sure they're working right, but... Uh, I feel like I get it, and it comes in a little sponge thing uh, yep. in, a, in a vote, yeah. and I do it in the water, and I don't really feel like I know if I did it right. So if you have them, if you have them, introduce them directly to the plant roots. Um, I do, I do. Okay, yeah, that works better than just putting them in the reservoir. Um, but we've had really, really good luck with that curing multiple different species a couple of different times. All right, cool. I found a good source for um, nematodes. This one company got great reviews on Amazon. I'll link all you guys to them a little later. They've got different um, – it's great pricing compared to what I got over at Osh. And um, that came in like 24 hours in the mail, cheap shipping, had an ice pack in there. They're all fresh. And Is that our like five uh, Which one? Arbico or Ar AR? Oh, yeah. Arbico. Yeah, I heard of those Arbico. Arbico. Yeah, Arbico is the company I've been using – Arbico. But, uh, you can get them with like different oh, yeah. blends of nematode species. Let's see. Yeah, I would nice, say man. like the three beneficial bugs that I go for, like if I would rate them, I would say number one would definitely be um, nematodes. And then uh, like a mixture of predator mites. Like I'll go with the triple threat because there's lots of different kinds of mites, obviously, but. Just like there's different kinds of predator mites, so and what's that? Um, get the Persimilis, Californicus, and what's the, I can't remember the other one. The Andersoni. The, the Californicus is the one that's really hot around here right now. Yeah, yeah. So there's predator mites. I would say number two, and then just sort of the all-around, you know, kind of uh, cheap shotgun is the ladybugs. You know, there's they're cheap, effective, they and a lot. They do end up. I think. If when I use them without nematodes or predator mites, I feel like they end up just farming bugs, so they don't don't ever get rid of them. They just sort of like keep eating them as they hatch. So <laughs> the other, the other, two, <laughs> the other two I wanted to mention is um, the seven spotted thrip. Um, normally, you wouldn't recommend thrips for someone's garden, but yeah. seven spotted thrips are little uh, mite murder machines. Um, they almost exclusively feed on mites and um, uh, for those of you who don't, don't know uh, about 30% of all thrips are actually predatory um, but a seven spotted thrip you can order on some of these different websites and they are really good and in my opinion do a better job than the predatory mites even they consume more um, they're more voracious they breed faster uh, than the predatory mites and they have a wider humidity tolerance so which can yeah. be an issue for the mites a lot of the beneficial mites have a very small humidity range um, and then the other one was uh, lace wings uh, they're really good as a general oh, yeah, I've heard of those um, they yeah, do green really lace wings have been around forever 
Yep, and their larvae are really good for attacking um, the mites. And then uh, pirate bugs are the other ones that I've used, uh, especially against larger insects um, like uh, caterpillars and that kind of stuff. Yeah, I was watching this. Uh... Oh, go ahead. No, I'm going to take it way off subject, so hit it. <laughs> <laughs> well, I was watching this one segment, and they and it shows these guys had in the envelope tied around the base of the plant were their uh, beneficial bugs, but they were on a time release. Uh, do you know about? Oh yeah, I seen those. How does that? Those time work? release sachets. Yeah. Called. How do you do? How's that work? Some some bugs come like that, man. They're bad as shit, man. It's yeah. awesome. Some of them have different gestation periods, so they're basically just putting different aged eggs on one oh, container. Okay. We so cycling. Okay. Gestation period every time, you know. Yeah. So actually, I actually know a lot about beneficial insects. My so my uncle used to be an Imagineer for Disney. He's like super smart. He writes uh, musicals and all kinds of crazy stuff. Right. And anyways, one of the things that a lot I'm of people than don't grower is an Imagineer. Yeah, sit around and invent shit for Disney all day. Yeah, right. Um, I thought I had a good job. <laughs> he, anyways, he uh, he actually ended up quitting in solidarity with his boss when they fired his boss when they found out he was gay. He quit after they fired him, which I thought was really awesome of my uncle. So he's a stand-up guy, in my opinion. Shout um, out, it's pretty cool. Right, got to make change, man. Every you, change happens by you know one person at a time. Well, standing you know, up like, for people. I know that guy. That's where it comes you know, from. That's how it happens. If you don't know anybody yeah. that believes Anyways, a certain way, you get going, nowhere. I'm getting off topic. Um, going back to why I'm even bringing this up at all. So, um, I actually got a tour of Disney's um insect production facility back when my uncle worked there as part of. They have like a family tour they give you. Um, Disney is the largest breeder and largest producer of beneficial insects in the world. Um, they produce more pounds of um, beneficial insects than anyone else, and they do almost exclusively beneficial insect control in all of their parks, which a lot of people don't know, and it's really cool. They don't use any pesticides in any of their parks, which is really neat. It is. My friend is an that entomologist is cool. works with them. Yeah. Man, can I die? <laughs> farm and disney called me up and ordered a, like 10 bamboos from me and i fucking turned around to my wife i'm like holy shit we just got a test order from disney we're gonna be rich and um they never ordered again and i went back and seen man and they made like thousands of bamboos with my bamboo man those guys are so fucking smart over there man hey uh Scotty and uh, marty this is the uh brand i was talking about right here um computer's slowing down because of the screen share but it's uh, nature's good guys. It's uh, got four out of five stars right here. And um, this one right here is a little pricier than the one that I went with because this one's uh -huh. got like three or four species, <laughs> or two species. Nematode going in there right there. I just got the one that has just, I think, SF, which focused primarily on the fungus gnats and like two other things. But they've got a lot of stuff. I paid like 13 bucks. It was probably 20 bucks cheaper than what I would have got at Osh. And better reviews on the uh, orchard supply and hardware. Gotcha, gotcha. Oh. Yeah, it's just uh, local. I just wanted to. I just wanted to mention. Get all kinds. Brian, Brian, go had an awesome comment. He goes, "That's what happened at the Legoland with the Legoland Imagineers." LOL. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if you guys heard that story. What happened Hit in it. Europe? Oh, okay. Uh -huh. So. Since, no, since you guys don't know, well, this is really funny. In the UK, there uh, at Legoland, um, the very back of the property, there was like a small abandoned village from like World War II or something, and no one had lived there for a long time. 
Well, some dudes boarded up. Lego some dudes boarded like up all the windows of all the buildings, and they converted all of them to full grow ops, and then ran the wiring to Legoland to hide the power bill. Nice. <laughs> God, man. <laughs> they got busted. There's thousands and thousands of pot plants at Legoland in, in UK. It was freaking awesome. It just got uncovered a couple weeks ago. That's great. Oh, I wanna know how many red awesome. Find that story, dude. We gotta do that story, man. Dude, oh, I have insane. it. I have it. I'll, I'll send it to you. Um, since we're on the topic of stories, um, what does everyone think of what happened with to Mark Emery this week? That was some fuck dude. shit. Yeah. Let's talk about that because I don't fully understand yeah. it, man. Is that the Canadian guy? Yeah. Okay, so his wife came ahead, up. Yeah. I met him in Montreal. He's a really cool dude. Yep. I smoked bong hits with him too, man, and. uh he, he, me and the dude were sitting in his lounge or whatever that I was looking like when vo- volcanoes first came out, there was a vapor lounge that he had going. And I was like, fuck yeah. And we went and sat in it, smoked volcano bags. And then it was uh, real quick. I'm sorry to hog the story, but it was the no, best no. thing in the world. There was a super hot red ch- headed chick on this. I think it was cannabis culture magazine. Was that what he was doing? Is that yeah, his magazine? That's his company. Yeah. Girls there on the mag on the cover. Yeah. And I'm looking at, I picked up this one because I was in another country and it said how to score around the world, you know, like a double entendre. But I was like, I thought it was like how to score weed around the world. I was like, cool, I want to I read this. And dude, the chick that was on the cover was there. And, you know, I guess she works at the, at the Vapor Lounge as well. And he was, she was just like, oh, I see you like my cover. And I was so fucking stoned. And I looked up, the chick from the cover <laughs> of the magazine was real, became real in front of me. I was like, what? <laughs> He came over because the hot chick was near us, so he had to come over. Yeah. <laughs> so somebody tell me what oh, happened, man. To Mark Emery. I, I've been well, so fucking busy, I have no idea. Okay, let's do it. Nothing well, good. They uh, I, were heading out to go to Spanibus, and I guess the uh, Canadian government did a full sweep, uh, arrested them, uh, sh- arrested a bunch of people at their dispensaries, and shut them all down. Uh, they're in jail. Uh, Jody got, got out. out. Jody got out uh, this weekend and was on Hash Church. Thank so, you if out. you watch last week's Hash Church, uh, she's on there and she kind of breaks it down as to what's going on. Wow, that sucks. Yeah, yeah she was pissed, man. I saw some interview with her and she was pissed. A fucking lawyer came up and whispered in her ear, like, shut the fuck up. <laughs> it was awesome. <laughs> She's going off. Yeah. Well, they're facing some pretty serious charges. So, so what I is mean, the deal? They were running dispensaries. Is that what's going on? Yeah, they have several dispensaries that they've been running, and they have uh, the magazine, but they also have an activism side of things that uh, they're also part of. And uh, Mark Bubbleman from Hash Church, uh, he's you know been friends of theirs for a while and he said that mark has been taking care of the cannabis community in that area for quite a long time he he's the guy who fronts up the money so that dudes could go set up somewhere and you know start growing cannabis and he was always kind of that kind of that kind of guy was always putting his money out there and you know trying to support the community that way and they like to call uh, those guys kingpins in court yeah, yeah right. totally <laughs> totally Not cool. right so i think uh yeah i hope they've got really good attorneys 
Yeah, shit, man. That's you know, I mean, it's unfortunately it's the, at the cost of sometimes people's asses. You know that this they are they yeah. are putting their asses on the front line. Right, and I feel like with our current political situation, I'm a little concerned about that for uh, you know guys like us who put our neck out there. Guys like uh, everybody on this call. <laughs> yeah, <I know>. <laughs> <laughs> guys like uh, us. <laughs> Yeah, but yeah, that's that sucks. I mean, and especially for Canada because you know they've you know been trending towards you know total legalization for a while. That you know, and they're projecting on doing that. So you know, just makes you wonder why they're going after somebody like that. Well, it seems like the new guy Trudeau. Yeah, what's the deal? Trudeau, yeah, Justin Trudeau switching to concentrates now, man. It's yeah, getting he, serious. He says that he wants to do legalization, but he's not really moving. And he's like the person who's in charge of <laughs> uh, uh, dealing with it is also the person who used to be in charge of busting it. So, I mean, he's made some moves that are kind of like not settling well with the cannabis community up there. Yeah, well, that's what I thought so, was fucked up, man. The action uh, saying. I was just saying real quick that uh, Jody Emery was saying that the people that are put in charge are having legalization go forward, but the people they're putting in charge are like the fucking cops and shit. You know what I mean? It's like the same right. people that were completely opposed to it now somehow got control of it. Yeah. It's fucked. Yeah. 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 That really freaked me out when I heard that. Right. I mean, what do you do with that? I mean, you just got to be you know, trudging forward on your front, knowing that this asshole is constantly going to be trying to knock you down at every step you take. That's what me and, uh, shit, who was it, man? We were were talking, I was talking today and, um, God damn it. I can't think of his, I can only think of his real name. Uh, and we were talking today and, uh, a jester and, and we were talking about, uh, so hard of his name. I can't remember what we're talking about. All right, I'm putting the fucking dad <laughs> about the douchebags that fucking we you see like uh you know not like more like Philip Morris and the way they market cigarettes and the way they do it in a real like slick douchey way. And you wonder how long it's gonna be. How long can you hold them off until they show up in the you know at, at cannabis, wanting to fucking take that and have you know, Joe Camel for cannabis and right, you know, give, give so, you a free backpack with Marlboros. <laughs> like that, you know? Hey man, I love my Marlboro kayak that I got from. Look, brother. I got to be honest with you. For hustling, those big Marlboro fucking red like team Marlboro bags were the best you could put like 18 fucking fluffy pounds in one of those things man <laughs> well my my, bro, my brother was a rep for those guys allegedly my brother was allegedly a rep. yeah yeah really my brother was a rep for those... <laughs> my brother was a rep for those guys and he used to give us all those uh points because he would fill the machines from the carton and the carton would have all the points on there and Dude, I had fucking Marlboro. <laughs> I had Marlboro shit. You had tons of it. It was ridiculous. The fucking kayak. <laughs> no, I still have the kayak, man. That's awesome, man. That's awesome. <laughs> I know. I was actually uh, at a friend of mine that was up at a seminar. Actually, I won't even say where, but uh, saw a Philip Morris representative trying talking about how they were planning to switch to the cannabis market. 
Um, really? Uh, you know, different they things. They don't there. see that money? No, dude, money is green is green. They don't care. If they can grow it and sell it and you can smoke it, they're fine. They don't care. Well, you know what? I'm... I'm just wondering how long it's going to take the cartels to figure out how to take all their crappy weed and turn it into concentrates. Well, look at what they're doing now. <laughs> Colombia, Colombia, right, Colombia right now is having a huge cannabis boom. Now that the FARC war is over, because they're they eased up restrictions on cannabis and cocaine, and again in Colombia, and now the production's going through the roof. Huh. Interesting. And cannabis, that's okay. Cocaine, <laughs> that's okay. That's uh, so okay. I, I see something down... today. Good. Really quick, Dewey, Mister Jeff. But it has a really good Facebook. Uh, he does a lot of good Facebook posts. And one of them was one of these Belgian uh, companies. I can't remember. Bel- Bel- Belgian pharmaceutical company got busted for selling 2 million uh, ephedrine pills, which is like the starter material for uh, crystal meth. Oh, yeah. Over to like some, some Mexican drug lord for like $12 million or something. And they were like, ah, it's cool. Yeah. You know, they were literally sending like tons of pills over to them, man. Yeah. Dirty that shit is, man. Oh man, and they ordered. Yeah, and see, so they put all those restrictions here in the United States on Sudafed and stuff, and stopped a lot of the home manufacturing. And so the Mexican cartels, uh, they've made a relationship with China, and they're ordering that shit by, like you said, by the fifty-five gallon drum barrel. Yeah, it's crazy. And they're manufacturing, I, I think it's hundreds of pounds of meth a day. Smith, yeah, and, and that's all just getting tra- fucked up. Well, what happened for I was watching this on one of those uh, uh, law channels, uh, the I don't remember what it was, but anyways, they said that the uh, Asian cartels uh, created this really pure super uh, meth that they called it, this like really super meth. And so uh, I, I would just the, call it super math if I was that man, you know. Right. So Eight then they super math. They sold the uh, way to make it uh, to the Mexican cartels because the Mexican cartels could get access to all the chemicals that they could no longer get access to in the United States. So then the Asians had also access to all the shipping ports all up and down the West and East coast. So they went in bed with the cartels and now the cartels are doing all the manufacturing and the Asian uh, cartels are kind of controlling all the ports and they're just funneling massive amounts of this really super high grade meth that they're doing, making for super dirt cheap. Well, at least Terrible, it's man. at least it's high grade now, you know. Yeah, and at least it's <laughs> cheap too, man. I like that, man. You guys are so fucking positive. I love you guys, man. Price <laughs> down, quality <laughs> up, you know. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck yeah, man. Fuck yeah. All right, guys. I think I got a bail. I'm actually supposed to be um, cooking artichokes with my wife, and I'm supposed to, it's veggie night, man. All but, right. Uh, but the longer you wait, the more you know. Chances are it'll be done by the time you get there. <laughs> they take an hour, man. So I told her I was gonna go kill some time and hang out with my friends, man. But I think <laughs> I, I pushed one... it to the limit. Yes, sir. I got one quick question for you: Is there a Dugros Facebook group? I don't know if there's a group. I think there's a page, man. I think there's just a Facebook page. Okay. 
Oh, something um, about the DGC Cup uh, we didn't mention earlier. Yes. Invite-only event, correct? Uh, it is, man. It is, absolutely. If you guys have cool people that you would like to invite, I am... Uh, I am uh, wanting to have a lot of nice people there and a lot of you know good people there and a good time. So yeah, it's an invite only. But if you're cool, I can probably swing an invite for you. Yeah, so I just wanted to bring that up for the legality of the event that it's not just an open party where people just pull up and walk on in. That is true. That is yeah. true. Yeah, you're not allowed to have just open cannabis parties, man. It's kind of a week. Kind of a world are we living in? <laughs> you know what? How are people find? Uh, you know, DGC Cup, you can find it out at dudegrows.com slash DGC Cup. Definitely tons of information there. If, uh, yeah, there's all the information you need is right there. In April 15th, it's going to be a good time, definitely. Sounds good. Go I'm there. JR's going. No, I'm there. Little fish is going. <laughs> I'm going to do my best to be there. Oh, man. Sounds like <laughs> we're going to get check. the van. I got to go get the black van. I'll get new tires on it, man. That's All right. right. Fish ganja guys. Oh, man. Me. <laughs> <laughs> well, man, you got to go. I heard there's going to be punch and pie. We got to be there. Yeah. And I tell you what, man, did you guys hear? Uh, I don't know if you heard this morning's show, but Moby Dill was on it. Hey, he looked, man. Sounded like that he was, was a- taking it so fucking serious, man. <laughs> I was yeah, like, dude. holy shit, dude. He was getting no. the psychology of it and shit. Sure. You got to think sure. like the bud thinks, man. Man, I'm telling you, that was a great, that was a great show today, Scotty. I really thought that was good. You guys covered some good shit, and I'm glad you got them to talk about what lighting they were using because I could tell by their shit that it wasn't just HI, that it wasn't just uh, uh, high pressure sodium. I knew they were using some kind of uh, ceramics or either yeah the, white light man that bright white I knew it I knew it because I've been watching Moby Dill's uh, Instagram pictures and yeah. dude you can tell by looking at it you can tell it's insane sure is good looking yeah I'm into that ceramic metal highlight I really am I'm almost more into it than I am LED yeah uh, you guys see the 630 over there I try to show it let me see is that where I'm putting your uh, aquaponics uh, grow garden? Oh, no. The aquaponics is going up here, man. No, the machine, man. Right there, I got a 100-gallon tank. Nice. So I was, think, I, was, I was just thinking about doing something, maybe putting that at ground level and just putting something in there and mess with it. Have some fun with it. I don't know. Dude, that's is, that, is that? Yeah, I never go under 100 gallons, but a 100-gallon tank with just like a 5-gallon bucket for a little solids filter Dude, it's perfect. Interesting, man. We might have to mess with it. It'd be kind of fun to get that bed rocking with some fish, man. Dude, I could do that in like a day for you. Just taking the parts. Good. Good. I'll see it. I'll see you in a few weeks, man. <laughs> All right, <laughs> All right cool. guys. I'm Audi. Thank where, you so much for letting me hang out with you guys. Sorry I hijacked your show. Where, no, no. Where can people where find you uh, and your podcast if they want to follow the Do Grows and check you guys out? You know, man, it's gotten you can just yell dude grows at your phone. It's 2017. I love it, man. I just yell dude grows. I said, okay, Google dude grows, man. And it seems to be enough these days, man. (laughs) Oh, my God. You ain't kidding, brother. You ain't kidding. I figure they're already watching me. It's okay. Probably a cake job to watch Scotty Real, right? Yeah. yeah. Just like one, one FBI agent assigned to like watch mean shows all day. Yeah, man. I just want Jackie Chan to play me in the movie, man. 
<laughs> I'll see you guys, man. Be good. Later, guys. Thanks again, buddy. Bye bye. Alrighty. All right. Well, I got a few more minutes, guys. We have to help Fish Ganja wife uh, clean the apartment up. Um, What's new with you? Uh, not too much, man. Uh, uh, take a day or two uh, with the wife and uh, swing down your way uh, for an afternoon. Oh, buddy. Say what's up. Um, then uh, just have a nice weekend uh, out of town before I start this new job. Awesome. Hey, job. What's up? What's your new job? Uh, it's just in the same uh, medical field. It's just I'm transferring to a different aspect of it because uh, hurt myself on the job about a year ago, and uh, want to do something that might be a little bit easier on the knee, but still uh, be in the medical field helping people. What kind of, is a shift change? Are you? Gonna... Uh, yeah, I'll also be on day shift, so I can ah, see. Nice, again. beautiful. You can be a human again. Well, as close as I can be. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that shit, man. I, part human, part fish, part Deadpool. Man, I got to tell you, you, you guys that do that night shift, man, my heart goes out to you. I did it for two years, and it made me sick. Dude, it's just misery. I lost, a, like, about 30 pounds, and I started getting really sick. Yeah, you don't do well on your days off. But it's cool, man. I'll still be able to get out there and really help a lot of people, so I'm happy about it. Hey, no, I mean, man, that's cool. You're gonna be doing days. That alone is just fantastic. Yeah, my wife's really happy about that too. <laughs> but uh, yeah, it's good, man. I'll be able to get back to a normal lifestyle and uh, be able to get more over to my garden uh, as I need to be. And of course, you told them that you do absolutely have to have this cup time off. <laughs> yes, I did. I explained that in the beginning. They said no problem. Just get us the date. So I was like, good, because I've got some family event out of town. I gotta That's right. You got family <laughs> to see. My ganja family. Yeah. Yeah, I, I've got a crew event. <laughs> but, uh, what's going on with you up in Oregon, uh, JR? How's everything going, man? Uh, everything's going good. Uh, making a transition. Um, made a bunch of hash. That's been really good. I've been digging that. I made some bubble. Really nice book. Talking about like uh, from one grow to the next or like housing or something well, else. Well, uh, I'm going to uh, scrap all my clones and start from seed. And I'm going to do a seed project where I do, I think I'm going to do two or three seeds from each genetic company. And I'm going to do one of the ones that you gave me. And I'm going nice. to do one of the ones that, uh, uh, I got uh, from my breeding project I did back in 2012 with a friend of mine. Okay. Well, I mean, and it's uh, a OG, it's an original OG Kush that uh, SoCal OG Kush that was uh, crossed with the coffee, and we called the Folgers. Oh, the uh, coffee from uh, Northwestern uh, Roots or whatever it is. Uh, no, this is a coffee that's been around. Uh, probably for at least uh, 20, 30 years in the Northwest. So, it's been like a, U-Man or Folgers or what? Uh, just, it, it's just always been called the coffee. Um, uh, I don't know what, and nobody really knows what its genetic lineage is either. 
Um, right. And I don't know well, if uh, someone else has a new uh, variety out that they're calling coffee, but this coffee is from and the reason uh, we chose it is because it's uh, it's a uh, early finisher. And around here in the Northwest, you, if, you, if you're not out of the ground by the first week of October, most of the time you're pretty screwed. Yeah. And then um, of the ones that I sent you, uh, I've got probably like five or six phenotypes you know, of, uh, of the crystal cookies from in-house genetics I'm running right now. So if you uh, hold off for... Uh, uh, maybe like a month or so on uh, popping those, we'll be able to see kind of what they look like. Yeah, I'm ex- um, how- yeah, I'm excited to hear from you about that. I'm excited to tell you about it. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, um, I definitely made sure to send you some of my heavier hitters just because I know that for pain the uh, medication needs, you definitely need something that wasn't just a pussy strain. <laughs> Thanks, I appreciate that. <laughs> I'm gonna make sure I get you hey, done man, right. No, I really appreciate that. I really do. Yeah, that that dosi dough by uh, OGKB is the one that I'm I'm really excited about too as well. That thing that's gonna be such fire. I really I hope you have be good. out of those three. Yeah, it should be good. There should be some good phenos there. I hope so. Well, uh, guys, I gotta get going. Help uh, clean up the household. Jr. I will be seeing you soon. Marty, it was great talking to you. Steve, um, assuming you're there somewhere, so I'll see you, uh, yeah, I'll see you brother. See you in the next 36 hours. Word. Um, Later, guys. Bye, right, Fish. Thanks for joining us again. Everybody check out his uh, YouTube channel, Fish Ganja Guy on YouTube. Don't forget to subscribe. We got some cool stuff going on over there. And by we, that's just me, so the royal. <laughs> <laughs> Later, guys. Later, Fish. So, um, Marty, what's been up with you? And then we'll... we'll switch to to jr here well fuck a lot <laughs> yeah uh, so i think the last time um i would you guys were in well on the podcast if you guys have uh following my channel you know that the platinum girl scout cookies seeds that i popped um turned out to be herms so uh ripped all those out and uh picked up some plans from uh couple of buddies of mine i just called them up and just sort of snagged up what they weren't weren't really keen on at the moment um so like today i drove back i mean my like the whole back of my prius was just like covered in plants so i and it's funny because we have the little um uh mom on board sticker <laughs> oh good so, I of it. so you know because mom on board right so Anyway, put trash uh, bags over them like everybody else does. Trash bag over okay. top. Trash bag. hundred percent legal. I have my car. They're all in veg. I drove through town uh, at lunchtime. Uh, just don't get hassled. Fuck that. Let them hassle me. I'm totally legal. Anyway, so no, I drove through town like in rush hour traffic with like an entire bag full. Of, like the whole window is just like nothing but leaves. So <laughs> nice. He totally hooked me up. I got like. Uh, I think probably like 15 or 15 or so one gallon pots of just some plants I can kind of nurse back to health and some strains that I've grown before that, that I like and some of the grew outdoors that I have before. So um, the ones I picked up the other day to sort of replace that, the other ones I have and I'm building sips for, I can do this without fucking up too much, are over here. 
And so uh, two of these are Oregon Blackberry by Peach Frost. And one of them is uh, what they call Jackhammer, which is Jack Frost by Nine Pound Hammer. Oh, interesting. So I picked those up, and then that was the other day. And then I also have Oregon Skunk clones that I put in this little sips down there. There you go. So that was the other day. And then today I picked up uh, like another 15. So I got Grill Glue number four, Sour Strawberry, Starfighter OG, uh, Jaeger, which is this one right here. Um, Trainwreck, Shishkaberry. That's just what I can remember off the top of my head. So I've been busy all the way up until the podcast and we'll probably get back to work instead of saying fuck around with you guys. So I got a bunch of clones to work on. I got a bunch of clones to cut. I cut a bunch of clones while I was there. So they're all in the veg. I got to shoot a video on that and upload it later. Um, I started a Patreon account. So that's kind of, for you guys don't know what that is. It's sort of like a, um, Oh, it's sort of like a behind the scenes kind of thing where, you know, I do more how to videos, like how to build the sips and step by step stuff. So uh, that's at patreon.com slash AP meds. You guys can check that out. Um, trying to get more content on there. Like I built a worm bin, shot a video on that, which I guess I could show you guys that. Sorry if I just blew out your speaker. Um, so this is just a two bucket worm bin that I made. So in the top bucket up here, just has separator paper, kind of like a dual root zone at the bottom and then dr- holes built in, drilled in the bottom of the top bucket. So you can pull the top bucket off after you water and uh, um, use the fluid in the bottom to supplement whatever you want. <clears throat> and then I just throw kitchen scraps in it. So I made a video on how to do that. And I actually had to build two of those because the first video I shot, for some reason, had no sound. Mm-hmm. So, that was fun. Um, so, yeah, aside from that, I'm just sort of managing plants and picking out the best ones. And then I'll probably nurse up some of the other ones and and then uh, find them new homes. Wow. Man, you are going to be busy. Yeah. So I got uh, I got. Three of them transplanted into the aquaponic system here um, in the dual root zones. And then I have, I don't know if you guys can see, but right back there is a tomato that's <laughs> grown up in between the two of them. That's going to get moved outside pretty soon. But it actually just popped up out of a dual root zone out of one of those herm plants. So I just cut it off, left the tomato there, and uh, let it keep <laughs> growing. So it's got to get pulled out and moved outside. So I'm starting to fire up the outdoor systems. Um, I can't grow outdoors because Jackson County fucking sucks. So, um, but uh, I can grow other stuff out there. So I took a bunch of other tomatoes and dual root zone pots. And uh, let's see, I have uh, blue elderberries, um, tomatoes, like three different kinds of heirloom tomatoes, a whole bunch of other stuff. I just pulled these green onions out of the system in here. When I, so I could make room for some of these other plants. You can see those are all Yum. gonna go get planted outside. So firing up those systems. I always like running green onions and leeks and stuff like that. Um, just because normally you just cut the ends off and throw them away. But so those are just replanted from the store. 
And then, uh, yeah, so I, I always have green onions around and they're always good to just sort of soak up any nitrogen and stuff. So, Oh, so I, I, have, stuff. I have a question about that. How, like when you're in your later weeks of flower or even mm-hmm. in your midweeks of flower and, uh, you really don't want nitrogen around that much. Uh, how do you control that with fish? Well, probably the, you know, for the most part in aquaponics, it's, you know, most of that is like sourced around your feeding. So a lot of times, it, you know, when you're feeding your fish, that's what is sort of triggering the nitrogen cycle. So you, you feed the fish, they digest it and piss and shit it out. And, uh, that's sort of what initiates the process of doing it. And so what you want is for that to that nitrogen to get converted and available to the plants, have your plants take it up and then have basically have it be back to zero until you feed again. So you should see more like a fluctuation in aquaponics. And so, uh, and that's kind of like, uh, how I manage it is basically I cut down feeding, so, and, and at the beginning of flower, I cut it down to about half of what I normally do in veg. Um, and so that's probably the main way to cut it down. And then I, I grow other, um, other stuff like green onions, lettuce, basically anything that doesn't fruit or flower. Um, so it's not going to compete directly for nutrients. For the most part, I wanted to just take up nitrogen. So, you know, I, I grow sage. Uh, stuff, different things that I use for I, IPM sprays. So I, I'll grow the sage, which is a great deterrent in the bed, and then I harvest it and, um, you know, making an oil extraction out of it and, you know, like an essential oil spray um, that I'll spray on for foiler as like a bug spray, essentially. So, um, like, say I'm in week seven of flower and I'm testing my water and I notice that my nitrogen levels are way too high. Uh, what, what do you guys, what can you do to kind of combat that safely to, to get it to where there's not so much nitrogen available to the plant? Well, I'd say like probably the quick and dirty way to do it is just to do a water change. I don't know, Steve, maybe you have some other like magic trick, but <laughs> unless you can add plants in that are going to take up the nitrogen or, um, and even that's probably going to take a little bit of time. Uh, like, you know, I guess you could have, you know, a series of plants that are already about this size and are, are going to start taking up nutrients right away. But it's not like you can plant seeds or, you know, start something small and really expect it to take up much nitrogen in, in enough time for it to matter. So, you know, water changes would probably be what I would do. So I'd probably drain out, you know, somewhere around I don't know 60% of the tank and then refill it with water and then test the nitrogen again and continue that process until I got down to what I wanted but Steve has all kinds of magic tricks he might have something else and then not feed the fish as well oh yeah you can not feed the fish for you know even a few days at a time they're they're definitely survivors at least koi and catfish which is what I run so are you talking about cutting back nitrogen just in aquaponics systems or in other systems? Just in aquaponics. So in aquaponics, like, so when I switch to flower, I feed the fish every two or three days instead of every day, or sometimes even just two or three times a week. Um, and, and I drop, let the nitrates drop down 
cannabis feeds super heavy and you can also do like marty and i also will you throw bait plants underneath the, the cannabis as well you know lettuce chamomile something else that is easier for insects to attack so that they have a better um choice for that but it also helps absorb nitrogen because all of those simple plants like chamomile watercress lettuce that kind of stuff is uses lots of nitrogen and not much other nutrients it's not a heavy flowering crop that's going to be pulling you know pk much pk from your system or much calcium or anything like that so they're good for both um pulling extra nitrogen you know starting them you know a couple weeks before you know maybe starting them right when you start your your plants and then inch putting you know transplanting when you switch to flower but the other thing they serve as is a bellwether so that you know if there is an insect in the garden you know where it is in the garden you know roughly how many population density uh, and they're being drawn off your your girls because um you know it's an easier to digest plant cannabis isn't very easy to digest for them because it has all the resins and tars and other things that we like that um is hard to digest for the insect so they'd rather feed if you give them another option and it's right at the base of the plant the, the insects will move you're not going to get 100 percent of them but you're going to move a large percentage of them over to those bait plants and it's something that you know you can still eat and harvest and use and you know 99% of the time or 95% of the time you're not going to have any insects assuming you're doing proper growth you know procedures but it just helps with both nitrogen uptake and with uh, that but yeah, still the other the other trick you can do is adding sugars to the system or ethanols to the system can also help power the uh, microbes that will make it more um reduce the nitrates as well, especially ethanol. You can do, if you look up vodka dosing for ponds and aquariums, um, there's a method of doing vodka dosing that basically feeds the acetobacter uh, microbes in your uh, system and um, helps a lot with that. Wild. Reducing nitrogen. That's really interesting. So Steve, his scenario was that he was in week six of flower and he tests his nitrogen and it's higher than he wants it to be. How, how at that point could he lower it? Um, it would depend on how high it was. If it's sky high, you could use something like Prime or like um, Marty was saying, a, a big water change, probably be your best bet and just dilute it and then redose the rest of your minerals again um, and probably be the easiest way to do, you know, you're kind of bringing it, dialing it back quite a bit and then you know, having a good known starting point and then just adjusting your dosages for calcium, magnesium, and, and potassium and everything else um, it would be the easier, less complicated way to do that. Excellent. Excellent. Well, I've learned a lot tonight, gentlemen, I have to say. Awesome. Yeah, what other, uh, Marty, uh, um, Fish Ganja guy was saying you had a couple of other questions or a couple of questions about aquaponics. Is, do you have Those were my... The, the, you guys answered the big ones that I've had. Um, like I said, I've I've really pondered the idea. Get it? Ha ha ha! Pond. And uh, I, because uh, a friend of mine, um, he uh, had always had a large uh, tank, like a cattle feeding tank, on the side of his barn, and he always had it full of fish. And uh, he used that fish water uh, to feed his plants in his bedroom. And so that always kind of, and his shit, his bedroom always looked amazing. Mm -hmm. And I'm sure he just did drain to waste, but he was still using fish water. 
and uh, it just always got me into that. And then I kind of met Fish Ganja guy, and so I've been kind of it's it's thanks you know taking on new systems like that is a little bit scary to me because like I said I rely on my medicine so if things go bad and mm -hmm. uh, there's a crop failure uh it, it can really hurt me bad so it's hard yeah. for me to just jump into new things like that sure, sure but I think uh having him move up here and maybe watching him do what he does it'll help me get more comfortable of maybe maybe doing a summer run outside in the on the deck or something, you know, nothing that's too major, you know, just to we get grew, my, just to get my feet wet. We grew uh, 13 foot plants in the greenhouse and we put them out in middle or end of July and they were, you know, maybe a foot tall and we got them to 13 feet by the time wow. we harvested them and, and they're beginning of November. Beautiful. So, and they were bushy too, not, you know, no right rods. So cool, excellent. It, it grows, it grows, especially in veg, grows ridiculously fast in aquaponics. If you want to see, you know, kind of what to expect, you can check out my YouTube channel. I have both of my um, aquaponics, they're just small aquaponics uh, outdoor system that I ran the last two years. So you can kind of get an idea. And, and I didn't grow huge plants, they were, I put them out, you know, kind of, you know, mid to late July also. And, and, uh, in smaller pots and so it might be a little bit more the scale you're thinking to start out on yeah yeah totally totally uh, yeah because i got neighbors i got pretty good uh like coverage to where they're not everyone's not looking in my backyard or anything and it's pretty secluded around my deck area so i thought if i could put a little tank and set up you know maybe pvc setup framework and then uh, try to set something up that way. But, yeah, interesting tonight. Thank you very much. And I'm going to dip out of here, guys. Growers love. Awesome. Thanks again for joining us. All right. Talk that was a good talking with you, man. All right. See you later. All right. Should we? Uh, we have any other questions in chat? I've been totally. Yeah, we have lots of questions in chat. So let me scroll up and we'll go through them here. Uh, okay, so NPK Kyle or N NP Kyle. <laughs> so Woe One said, I'm curious about uh, commercial grow here in Michigan. How do we do a commercial garden in aquaponics? Um, generally, you do them in flood and drain with the pots, similar to the way you've seen, like in Marty's Grow, um, is kind of how we've been traditionally doing it, and at least I've run all my commercial grows that I've set up. Um, okay, let me switch over here. I can't see my own camera at the moment. All right, so that's kind of what he's talking about. If you guys can see, I just have just a homemade tank and homemade bed sitting on top, and the beds fill up and drain on a siphon, just like in a normal aquaponic system. And then I have the dual dual root zone bed set up there. So the um. There's a real good how-to video I have on my channel. It's one of the earlier videos I did, so uh, you can check that out too if you're trying to, to learn a little bit more about that. Um, what else do we have? Can you use seed sprout tea in aquaponics? Yes, you can use seed sprout tea. Um, what is Bokashi? Do you want to answer that one? What is Bokashi? Um, that's kind of... 
I mean, essentially, it's like a, isn't it a Korean natural farming term? Uh, I have no idea. It's essentially a brand. So in this case, what I have here is a rice brand <clears throat> that has been soaked with um, beneficial microorganisms. So in this case, uh, you know, it's like lactobacillus. This is basic, and there's molasses in here. So, I mean, essentially, it's just uh, powdered labs. But um, I think Bokashi is just the style of soaking bran um, and fermenting it with uh, fermenting food waste with different types of bran. Is that slaughtering the definition of it, Steve? No, it's pretty accurate. It's using bran as like a media for microbial inoculants, I guess would be the best. Would you disagree with that? Yeah, I think that's probably probably right. And so uh, basically it's like, it's almost like an activated tea where you have, you know, you have microbes and food and, you know, basically everything that, that you need for all that, it, you just add water. So. Um, let's you see. You grow microgreens. Yeah, I grow microgreens all the time. I have some, you can't see them, but they're sprouting back there behind the tomato plant over there. And I just tore a bunch of them out and ate some with dinner. All right, so I can't really show you those. But uh, um, I do run microgreens all the time. And <clears throat> uh, they don't like consume a whole lot of nutrients. So um, like they might help fix your nitrogen a, a little bit, especially if you let them get a little bit bigger. And actually, if you look, uh, you might be able to see back towards the very back, those peas that are coming up back there. Um, we normally eat those as pea greens and then we just let a few of them uh, so just when they're real short, but we let a few of them start growing uh, a little bit bigger to get some bees out of them. But you do have to be careful of legumes because they will release nitrogen <clears throat> when they start actually producing peas. So just be aware of that. But um, um, yeah, microgreens, I use them all the time. They're delicious. Yeah, the easiest way to do microgreens that I've found is to do them in trays, like your normal like um, microgreen seed sprout trays, and then cut a whole bunch of holes in the bottom of it um, so that it'll you can sink it in a shallow water tray. And then what we did is we took like two by fours and built and some plywood and built frames, and then screwed plywood to the bottom, and then put a Duraskrim liner in it. And then we ran the, it was a corrugated acrylic plastic uh, clear roofing you get from, um, uh, what the heck is it called, for, for like sheds and stuff like that. We put that in the bottom and then we run it with a little tiny standpipe. And then we just run them constant flood with a little spray bar at the end. And it sprays, um, you know, water into that um, The spray bar basically oxygenates it and you can have, you know, passively large amounts of water flowing through at a slow rate through the roots and it makes them you know once they're sprouted you move them in there and they grow you know in about a week or so you know tw seven to 14 days i would say depending on what you're doing yeah i just sprinkle some seeds in my bed and whatever grows grows so i feel like it i get pretty good germination and uh i don't have to build anything extra but I do have a, a buddy who runs an aquaponics farm 
and that's he basically has big trays like that. That's how he does microgreens also. Um, what was the next question? Oh, do we take questions on the podcast? Yes, we take questions on the podcast. Um, I think that's where, okay. where, uh, where are we from? Um, I am in Southern California and occasionally travel elsewhere. Um, Marty, I'm in Southern Oregon. Yeah. So, um, let's see what else. Uh, do we all just grow weed or do we also grow fruits and veggies? Um, we all grow, well, as far as I'm aware, everyone that was on the show today grows fruits and veggies and cannabis. Um, I grow food. Like I said, you can see that. I mean, we already talked about the peas and microgreens. Yeah. I also have chard over here. I don't know if you can see it. I have some spinach, uh, some other tomatoes, the green onions that I already showed you guys. I grow those a lot. On the other side, I have leeks. Uh, I have more tomatoes, lemon cucumbers, um, the elderberry bush, uh, raspberries is going nuts on the front porch. One from last year, it like like three weeks ago, it just fucking decided it was spring already, and it went nuts. And so it's already uh, it's already really extending out. I'm gonna have to start training it soon, so that's exciting. Um, I was sarcastic, by the way. It's a lot of work. <laughs> um, and uh, so the raspberry is pretty cool. Um, what else do we have back there? I think I have a regular blueberry. And then I also have uh, some no-till uh, garden beds that I grew cannabis in last year, but I can't grow this year. So I'll be growing a lot more food out there. But even still, we grew corn, uh, pumpkins, squash, uh, eggplant. Um, and pretty much all that is just water with tank water and, uh, it's great. Alrighty. Um, NPK Kyle says, uh, aquaponics question. I was planning on constant height dual root zone setup. Wondering if it was going to take a lot of air stones in order to achieve concentrations comparable to a flood and drain. No. Well, first, my first question would be, why would you want to do a constant flood? Um, it just is the diaphragm action of, of a flood and drain pushing that extra air through that soil layer and providing fresh air to that root zone is gives you a, a growth speed advantage. It makes your, your plants grow faster and uh, makes the microbes, you know, in that soil layer, you know, replicate quicker because they have, you know, better gas exchange. Um, and then if you did want to try and do that, um, you know, you'd have to have at least an air stone underneath each pot. Um, I've actually tried that and side by sides with that, even when I had a flood and drain, uh, and didn't really see much of a difference as far as yields or growth or anything like that. So you could try it, but again, I would just do a flood and drain bed and, and you'll, you'll have better luck, um, and better production out of the plant. Um, yeah, I agree. I would do, I would do flood and drain as opposed to constant height because, just because of the oxygen um, issue with it. So that's, I mean, unless you're gonna, you know, like spend the money to do oxygen, I would I would agree. Um, if you cut down on feed and keep the end down, how do you keep enough P for the rest of you get from feeding? Um, when we use the dual root zone, we, we can top feed with we can either put um, rock phosphorus in that soil layer 
which is one of the things that I do. But then you could also still top feed with, you know, phosphorus-based fertilizers if you want to, or compost tea that has, you know, a phosphorus additive like monopotassium phosphate or rock phosphate or, you know, triple phosphate, which is um, uh, calcium monophosphate or phosphate monocalcium. I think it's calcium monophosphate. Correct me if I'm wrong. Or no, monocalcium phosphate. I'm sorry. Um, and uh, I might have gotten that wrong. Anyways, um, it's a little, just a little bit tired. Um, it's little okay, bit I do it all the time. <laughs> um, but yeah, that, that's how you would you would adjust that. Also, Mammoth P helps a lot. I really like that product. Um, try to see. This one. <laughs> that's what it looks like. Mammoth P. There we go, microgreens. Would you like to explain more on your raspberries? I wanted to grow blueberries at some point. Um, sure, why don't, do you want to talk about that and then I'll talk about my experiences with those? Uh, yeah, I mean, I, they, I mean, <clears throat> I've grown them for, uh, let's see, the raspberry, this is gonna be the third year, I think, for it. And the blueberry, I think it's gonna be the second year for it in the second year for the elderberry, but it's uh, it's probably more like its first year. It didn't really get a lot, um, a lot of attention the first year. I got it pretty late in the year and it pretty much just shut down. So more like the second year. So um, I guess that's probably like where you source berries, I feel like makes a big difference. Like uh, I didn't have really good luck with the ones from like, I think I got one from Lowe's or Home Depot or something like that and i still have it it does all right but not as good as the ones i got um that were just cuts from the co-op here locally and uh, those i feel like did a lot better and i would set them up in the same way that i i set up uh, cannabis which is in a, a dual root zone now my raspberry is not um in a dual root zone right now it's just in my outdoor system so if you look on my youtube channel um it's ap meds and then look for front porch aquaponics. Uh, you can see what kind of system it's in, but it's a you know homemade uh, bed like one of these, except for it's a lot longer and sits outside on my front porch. Um, and you know we got raspberries on it, you know, pretty consistently. I, I feel like just as much as we get them from the outdoor uh, beds um, out back. So, and uh, I just for that one. Um, you know, I just pour some warm tea in it uh, probably twice a week. And uh, the front porch system is just for food. It has, I think, four or five goldfish in it. And then uh, twice a week, two to three times a week, um, I pour warm tea into it. <clears throat> and it's really not even tea. It's more just warm concentrate from my worm bin, I guess. And uh, so, but, I mean, it's a heavy feeder, a lot like, you know, it does the so like a larger dual root zone um, where, you know, you could feed stuff directly to the top. You'd probably get even more more production out of it. But mine is just directly in the beds, and it's currently taking over a large portion of the bed um, and spreading out. But it is doing quite well, and I feel like I get good production out of it just the way that it is. But it would probably be better for your heavier feeding plants to set up something like that if you're going to supplement um but even the last two times I've ran dual root zone, 
in the indoor and my outdoor last year. I didn't supplement too much directly into the door boots only. I pretty much just did worm tea anyway. Um, I did top dress with some rock phosphate and uh, that's probably like the main one <clears throat> that I put in a dual root zone pretty regular. And usually I mix it in when I plant it and just let it uptake as opposed to top dress. But uh, since I harvest most of my heavy feeders every year, they don't, they don't continue to grow. I'm sure I'd have to top dress eventually. Um, so I've had a lot of luck with both uh, like uh, Marty was saying, deeper dual root zones with a really acidic soil. Uh, or doing uh, wicking beds with really acidic soil um, and then, you know, kind of making the majority of the root zone, um, you know, more acidic than your system is via that soil layer can help them produce much better uh, than they otherwise would. They'll still produce, don't get me wrong, but, you know, you can get to produce much heavier, uh, at least in the testing that we did with blueberries and raspberries and blackberries. <clears throat> the outdoor system does get more rainwater. Um, and I, I don't know if that, that makes a difference, but I do feel like, or if it's just lighting, but I do feel like they produce better, um, outside, but I have a feeling that has more to do with the sun than anything else. And then, um, and then, uh, I do run the pH a little bit lower on the front porch system, uh, just overall in the tank. I usually run it more like 6.4 try to keep it on the on the lower side of 6.4 to 6.5 and uh that's usually where i keep the ph at for that and i still find it to produce especially if you're just looking to like make something to eat um you know we had we had new raspberries and, and to harvest that were ripe pretty much every day throughout the last part of summer um we had a person in chat ask, so I'd want to have a separate system for them. You could do that. You could do a lower pH aquaponic system and have fish that were appropriate for that pH level. You absolutely could do that. I just use koi and goldfish, and I run the pH at 6.4. But if you wanted to run it lower, I mean, I don't know what koi personally will tolerate, but I usually don't take mine much lower, lower than that. Um, we had another question. I don't want to forget it. What's the difference in mineral content between fish food going in and the poop coming out? Um, there's actually really good studies from UVI about the mineral content of fish waste fed. Um, I forget what brand it was, but they tell you what brand it was and the mineral content before and after. Um, the UVI guys did a lot of really cool stuff on that. And I would, you know, if you really want a detailed answer to that question, that's where I would look. It's all, they have a lot of publicly posted stuff. Um, but in general, the higher the protein content, the higher the nitrogen output, like uh, Brian Grow was saying in, in chat there. Um, and, you know, uh, stuff like molasses will be a little bit higher in phosphorus. Um, but in general, one of the things that I do is switch to feeding much more heavy in vegetable matter or plant matter in flour because it, the waste comes out much higher in phosphorus compared to higher protein diet, um, which they might grow slightly slower, but as long as they're getting their, you know, adic, you know, their minimum amount they need for protein and the rest is um, vegetables that, you know, you can do really well as far as boosting phosphorus and especially in conjunction with something like mammoth pea or, you know, an older system that helps out quite a bit. Um, do you have any issues with pH for them? Um, no, we just talked about that a second ago. Um, 
Do you want to have a separate? Oh, no, we talked about that. Would all minerals from greens be available to the plants after it is digested, just in the similar quantities? Uh, no. Um, so a lot of that still has to be broken down by microbes. You know, you can also take your fish waste and put them in a basically a big compost tea brewer. Um, they call it mineralization, which is nothing more than just brewing compost tea um, with the fish waste and, you know, adjusting it accordingly, um, which we're all most of us kind of already do already so um yeah i think that's all the questions we have um do you have anything oh i had one or two other things i was going to mention um patrick stewart came out this week sir patrick stewart that he is a daily cannabis user which was really cool um the government cannabis finally got tested um i don't know if you guys saw that article um it's pretty pathetic. Um, the THC levels are abysmal. It was at 13% THC. Another sample had 8% THC. Um, so these are ridiculously low. Um, you know, all, anyone that's growing, if you're not pushing 14 to, you know, 30%, you're doing something wrong, unless it's a particular other cannabinoid strain, you know what I mean? So, um, and that, you know, 12 is being low. It'd be like a one-to-one -one CBD to, to THC. Or something like that. So, um, what else do we have here? Oh, epilepsy patients. There's a big epilepsy study recently, and they uh, had a lot of good luck with um, a lot of patients reporting. Up to 14% of epilepsy patients in the United States now are using cannabis uh, to control their seizures. So, that's really cool as well. Are you still there, Marty? Or I'm not sure what happened to Marty there. Or if I disconnected. No, I'm here. I just okay. muted. I'm typing. Okay. Sorry. Um, yeah. I'm trying to think if there's anything else to cover. I don't know if we have much else to cover this week. I think we covered most of the big stuff. Um, uh, oh, I did forget some stuff. Um, before I forget, um, be sure to check out True Aquaponics. The... Um, support the show um well they don't give us anything but they're friends of the show um we buy a lot of stuff from them and they're real cool dudes um roger over there is a really great uh source of knowledge if you're looking for more uh just general aquaponics uh, info go check out um true aquaponics um facebook group and uh what else do we have oh uh ouroborosfarms.com um i teach the cannabis class and medicinal herb class out there i'll be teaching next weekend out there uh the medicinal uh, cannabis class um if you guys are looking for a two-day intensive course at a you know one of the bigger commercial facilities in um you know united states for aquaponics have been featured on pbs and stuff uh, definitely check them out they have a variety of different courses uh you know from farm stuff and commercial classes to to smaller stuff and then um I think what else? I think that's about it. Um, you can. Oh, I'm gonna have a, a series of videos out from Arboros here soon. Um, some cool video of some of the freshwater fairy shrimp in their system. Um, short video on their lettuce, their seed room. It's a couple of different cool stuff you guys might want to like, and a little video on you know commercial size filtration and and some other stuff. I think you guys will find interesting. So, um, yeah, definitely look for that. I have, they're gonna be up every couple of days on my channel so that'll be cool i'm gonna try and 
post a lot more content this year, especially since we'll be building out a, a big farm up north here before too long. So um, we'll have a lot of a lot more content as far as uh, you know, growth content and, and video content for you guys going forward. Right on. Mine. Okay. Thought I was still being it for a second. <laughs> Do you want to talk about your channel and stuff? Oh uh, yeah. So, and somebody asked in chat too. I went ahead and linked it oh. in there. But um, so my channel is AP Meds, like Aquaponic Meds, um, on YouTube. You can check that out. Also, AP Meds on Patreon, um, which I'm trying to shoot more how-to videos. I did one on setting up a dual root zone, um, in sort of a step-by-step -step how to build one of these sips uh, that I have here on my channel, and I showed you guys earlier sort of the how-to on that. Um, I'm gonna uh, how to build this worm bucket that I showed you guys earlier is on there. <clears throat> um, I have inside this cabinet back here. I don't know if you guys can see, but uh, there's a black server cabinet back here that I'm gonna turn into sort of like an enclosed grow. Um, and so I'll have a series of how-to videos on how I did that, starting with the fish tank, which is mostly built. Um, so, uh, how to cut clones, uh, the cloning system that I have in aquaponics, so my veg system. I'll have that. I'll have videos on my outdoor systems. I'll be growing food in. So my front porch system that we talked about that has the raspberries, um, all that stuff. So uh, in terms of my YouTube channel, I'll still be putting out videos, more like results, kind of the same stuff that I normally do, just kind of quick updates, uh, what things look like. And the stuff on Patreon will be more like if you want to know sort of like more of the nuts and bolts, how I do stuff, um, then there'll be more in-depth videos there. So you guys can check that out. Uh, I think that's about it. All righty. Uh, if you guys have any other questions, feel free to email me or Marty. Uh, my email is um, uh, potentponics at gmail.com. Um, if you're in SoCal, you can welcome to email me too. Um, if you're someone I know on the show, I might throw you an invite for uh, for something this weekend. And uh, yeah, um, we'll see you guys next week. You can e email uh, Marty at uh, what's your email? Um, I don't have an email that I just answer directly, but you can find me on Facebook, okay. um, or you can just send me a message on the YouTube. Uh, link um, or the aquaponic cannabis growers group which neither one of us bothered to plug again which we both forgot for like the first four episodes so that's kind of funny uh, aquaponic cannabis growers aquaponic cannabis growers group on Facebook is probably the best way to get a hold of me um, uh, you can find me on there Steve and I are both moderators um, you can post on there there's lots of information on there um, you know, we use it. I use it sort of like a grow blog and a few other people do. Um, so you can <clears throat> set out, check out some other people's setups. Uh, you know, it's really fun, uh, for me. And I think probably for Steve too, is to, you know, we see a lot of people in there that, uh, you know, that saw our podcast or our grows or, you know, Steve's videos or any of those things. And then to sort of see somebody build something around, you know, an idea that you gave them is always a nice, nice thing for us to be able to see that. So if you guys want to come on there, you get something built, you have questions about something you want to build, you know, everybody's really great about answering questions on there. 
and uh, and it's got a lot of resources. So Aquaponic Cannabis Growers Group, definitely check that out. All right. Um, we'll, uh, we'll catch you guys next time. Thanks for everyone for joining us this week. It was a really fun show. Um, I think maybe we'll try and get uh, two guests on at the same time in the future. It seemed to work out really well. So, um, especially those particular two guests. So, um, yeah, it was we'll, uh, yeah, it was a blast. So we'll try to do that more. Uh, I, I have a couple of cool guests that I'm talking to right now that I'm just trying to figure out which dates we can work with them. And uh, oh, before yeah. I forget, um, Adam, who was on the show before with uh, Weed for Warriors, he uh, since he's been on the show. Um, he, he's, he's got some, some footage of some plants that he's got, uh, that he's been doing himself. And so we should have him back on the show also. And okay. I told him we try to work that out. Um, you know, he just sort of did his own little DIY thing and, uh, I'll, I'll let him sort of show off some of the stuff he's got going on there if he wants to, but, uh, I know he said he wanted to come back on the show. So hopefully he'll, he'll talk about that, but that's a, that's a great example of somebody, you know, using the knowledge that we're trying to share and do something great for himself. And he's getting, he's not doing aquaponics, but you know, he's definitely doing, you know, I, I would say probiotics, some of this like living soil stuff that we talked about with Scotty earlier. So definitely well, shout out to Adam and we'll try to get him on. Plus he's fighting the good fight. I always, yeah, like, to, I always like to pop up on the weed for warriors and grow for vets. Uh, he's, he's done a good job for himself for, for the money he spent. He he's, it's turning out well, so yeah, shout out to him. Great job. For those of you who don't know, those are unless correct me if I'm mistaken. Those are the two biggest um, cannabis for veterans groups in the United States: is Grow for Vets and uh, uh, what the hell's the other one? I just said it. Weed for Warriors. Weed for Warriors. Thank you. Yeah, yeah. I don't know if they're the biggest or not, but I know they're doing great things and want to support everything they can do. So. Oh yeah. yeah, and I've I've gotten a chance to spend time with both those both groups of the both of those groups in Cal Southern California. Both of them are are good. Which reminds people. me, sorry to keep extending the show, but uh, Adam <laughs> is actually the guy that is going to be uh, anybody who wants access to my Patreon account um, that is a veteran. Uh, you can get um, free access through Adam. Uh, so just get in contact with me. Send me a private message. Post to the group, uh, whatever it is. Uh, we'll, we'll verify your status as a veteran and uh, get you the, the back door links into the YouTube page where you can access all that stuff for free. So cool. hit me up. Awesome. All right. Well, uh, we'll catch everybody next week. Um, I'm not quite sure who we're going to have yet for the guests, but I got a couple of people we're juggling right now. So we'll, uh, we'll catch you guys next week. Have a good all right. one. Cheers. Thanks a lot.